thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. Yeah. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not trying to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. Welcome. We're so glad you're joining us today for Jesus the Healer. We have been having such a wonderful time spending time on a certain series that I know is going to be a blessing to you. And um, we are teaching out of my book called The Price of the Double Portion Anointing. And I'm showing this because it's kind of thick. So I don't know that we're going to get to it all. So we invite you. We're going to give you information later of how to get hold of your own copy. But I don't want want you to be, um, if I could say this, wondering about the title, Double Portion Anointing. Um, this is referring specifically to ministers, but it is not only for ministers because every single one of us, in a general sense, it refers to all of us yes. because every single one of us, um, we have an anointing that abides within. Yes. Yes. Every believer has an anointing that abides within them and that anointing is in there to put them over, yes. to bring the help that they need in the face of every situation and circumstance. And so thank God we have that anointing. That anointing that abides within every believer is not a measure, there, it doesn't have a measure that increases. Right. It, everyone gets the same measure of anointing. Yes. And, uh, but we can increase our skill at allowing it to flow. Yes. We can increase our skill at yielding to that anointing and drawing on that anointing. So that skill can grow, but the measure of that anointing itself does not grow. But then there's another anointing that comes upon for ministry. Now this is for those separated to the fivefold ministry primarily. And so um, that anointing that abides upon can be increased. Um, and when I say double portion anointing, I know that that does not apply to everyone. Mm -hmm. Everyone is not going to walk under a double portion anointing, but we can all have a greater skill toward drawing on that anointing that abides within us. So that's why I think it's so important that these truths that I teach, even though they're specifically for ministers, they generally apply to all believers. Amen. In a general sense. And so we've been taking the time in past episodes to talk about something that Jesus said to me in 2018. He came into my hotel room while we were in St. Petersburg, Russia. And he gave me this message and told me to put it in book form. And so this is not just for me, it's for the body of Christ. Amen. It is for this era. Right. So I encourage you get hold of it. It'll be a blessing to you because yeah. I guarantee you it deals with us on an everyday level. Um, know this, that the anointing of God is the power of God. Yes. And when you have power, you have to demonstrate skill to handle power. Yes. 
And the greater the flow of that power, the greater skill is required. So these are the things that we're teaching in these episodes that are going to help us with that. Now, we've already um, taught on a segment of what Jesus said to me that night in St. Petersburg, Russia. But so we're picking up midway into what Jesus said to me. So you'll need to go back and watch previous episodes. But one of the things that he said to me that night was when Elisha asked for a double portion of the anointing upon Elijah, Elijah told him he asked a hard thing. Jesus said to me that night, it was not hard for God but it would call for a hardness of Elisha toward his own mind and flesh. Now notice this, meaning to have a, a flow of that anointing, how we handle our mind and flesh is going to affect the flow of that anointing, the anointing that abides within and the anointing that comes upon for those in full-time ministry. So this is where we've, we left off in the previous episode. We're going to pick up on that today. We left off referring to Romans chapter 12, verse 1. We're going to go back there today. And Paul was writing and he said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Now look at those terms, a living sacrifice. Well, what happens to a sacrifice? Well, it dies. So he said you're to be a living form of someone that has offered up themselves a living sacrifice to God. Now notice he said you present your bodies. So God's not going to do something with our bodies. We have to do something with our bodies. What are we to do with our bodies? Present them to God. What's this show us? We are in charge over our body. We're the masters of what our bodies do. Else we could not present them to God. But we can present them to God. We are to present them to God. And uh, that helps us to keep our body under the rule of our spirits by presenting our bodies to God. You say, well, what do you mean by presenting our bodies to God? Well, let me say it this way. Uh, When we present our bodies to God, we're yielding and responding to what God says is right, how how our spirits are leading us. We're no longer presenting our body to sin to wrongdoing, to bad habits, to addictions. We may feel those things in the body and we say, no, no, you don't. I don't care what I feel. Sin has no more dominion over me. Sin shall not lord it over me is what Romans 6 tells us. So even though the body may want to do something, you have to talk to your body. You have to answer your body just like you would answer the enemy telling you or trying to tempt you with something. You talk to your body when your body tries to tempt you to do wrong. You present your body to God. Don't present it to wrongdoing. Amen. Um, Romans chapter six, verse 13, the Amplified Classic translation says this, do not continue offering or yielding your bodily members and faculties to sin as instruments or tools of wickedness, but offer and yield yourselves to God. Amen. Amen. So he's telling us that's how we present ourselves to God, not presenting ourselves to sin by what we yield to. Amen. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, Paul had to do something with his body. This apostle uh, that uh, was a leader in his day and was used to write half the New Testament, even his body wanted to do wrong. Amen. Your body's going to want to do wrong. That's why you boss it around. 
Paul said he bossed his body around because in 1 Corinthians 9, 27, he says, but I keep under my body. So notice he's, he's, he refers to I, and then he refers to his body. So I and his body were not the same thing. They were two different things. So what's he talking about when he says I, my spirit. So we could say it this way, but my spirit keeps under my body. So he kept his body under the dominion of his spirit. He did not let his body overthrow his spirit. But I keep under my body, I bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. So he's saying his body wanted to do wrong. That's why he had to keep it under. You ever let your body out and it will, it will go back to wanting to do wrong. You have to keep it under the dominion of your spirit. You cannot let it come up above the the dominion of your spirit because it'll, it'll lead you into wrongdoing. Amen. If anyone allows their body to lead them, it'll lead them in the wrong direction. Absolutely. Why? Because the body wants to do wrong. Amen. Amen. Now go with me to first Corinthians chapter nine. We're still there, but just, uh, just down a little bit. Um, he says this verse 27, he says, but like a, this is the amplified classic. He says, but like a boxer, I buffet my body. I handle it roughly. I discipline it by hardship. He's not saying he's out trying to um, tear up his body. He's saying, I practice every day bossing it around. I keep it under. I discipline it every day by hardship. Why? Because God's not bringing hardship. We have to be hard on our flesh in the sense of keeping it under. Not hard in the sense of mistreating it or neglecting it, neglecting to take proper care of it. But we have to discipline it by saying, no, you don't. You're not going to get it. You're not going to get your way. And he said, and subdue it for fear that after proclaiming to others the gospel and things pertaining to it, I myself should become unfit, not stand the test, be unapproved and rejected as a counterfeit. So he's saying the way I, tr- the, the place I give my body will determine whether or not I pass the test. Right. Wow. That's good. That's good. Amen. 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 Now we have divine help. Yes. <laughs> Thank God for the Holy Ghost. We have divine help. We were talking about it in previous episodes, so we won't go to the passages, but I just refer to and remind you of that we, through the Spirit, mortify the deeds of the body. What's that mean? If we will respond to our spirit, and one way we respond to our spirit is by speaking in other tongues. We take time to speak in other tongues, and that will build up our spirit, strengthen our spirit so that it can easily tell our body no. If our body is pushing us around, if our body is, if I could say this, you can sense the body taking the upper hand in your life. You know something. You just need to strengthen your spirit. How do you do that? One way you feed on the word, another way you pray in other tongues. You spend time in fellowship with God in prayer, but praying in the Holy Ghost, the Bible tells us, will edify us. What's that mean? It'll build up our spirit. Amen. Amen. Now, go with me to Matthew chapter 26 and verse 41. Jesus, toward the end of his earthly life, he had gone aside to pray and he was giving some instruction to his disciples. He went off to pray and he told them to pray. And as he went further from where they were were at, Mm -hmm. 
he went off to pray alone mm-hmm. and he came back and they were sleeping. Right. Yeah. And this happened a couple times. Yes. And um, he came back and in Matthew 26, verse 41, Jesus told his disciples, look at this, watch and pray yeah. that you enter not into temptation. Yeah. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Yeah. What's this mean? The flesh will fail you. Yes, <laughs> and... Um, he starts out by watch and pray. What's this mean, watch? Pay attention. Pay attention. Pay attention. Be watchful. Yes. Be sober. Yes. Be vigilant. Watch. Look at this. And pray. Mm-hmm. Now he tells us why that you enter not into temptation. He didn't say that temptation won't come. Right. Temptations will come, but you don't have to enter them. Yes. You don't have to enter that temptation. You don't have to let that temptation overwhelm you and find a place in you. How do you do it? Watch and pray. Watch and pray. Be alert. Amen. Amen. Why are you alert? Well, the Bible tells us be, be sober, be vigilant. Yeah. Talks about why the, the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith. So we're watching so that we'll know what to resist. Yeah. That when something, no, you don't, no, you don't. Right. We, we're watchful. We're recognizing that something is trying to take advantage of us. That's we go, right. no, you don't. Right. Why? Because we're watching. We're paying yes. attention Amen. to it. Amen. So watch, look at this and pray. What, what's prayer? It's talking to God. Yeah. So he's saying this, that if we'll spend time talking to God, we'll be fortified in the face of temptation. Yes. Amen. You can't spend time Amen. in the presence of God and come away weak. That's right. That's right. You're going to come away stronger. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So he said, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing. What's that mean? The spirit wants to do right. Yes. But the flesh is weak. The flesh is what will cave in. Right. And even though you want to do right, you'll, you'll, even though you want the will of God, you'll find yourself doing wrong. How do you know? How, how does that happen? Your spirit's not as strong as it needs yeah. to be. That's why. That's why. Just because the spirit, just because the flesh is weak doesn't mean you have to go with the flesh. That's right. Amen. Amen. So our prayer life plays a part in having a, a spirit that is strong that will not yield to the desires of the flesh. As we spend time in God's presence, the spirit is fortified to keep that body in, um, under the dominion of the spirit. Amen. Um, the flesh won't want to do what's right. You know, the flesh many right. times won't want to go to church. Right. You, bet, you better talk to your flesh and not let your flesh get you out of the will of God. Because it's the will of God that we all have a shepherd and we all show up where our shepherd is. Um, the, the flesh won't want to um, maybe serve in the local church. You don't. Listen, I remember growing up, my flesh never wanted to go to school. My flesh never said, hey, let's get up and go to school. I'm so excited about this. Now, others might have, but my flesh, my flesh was not leading the way in going to school, but I was well practiced at get up, you're going to school because there's no option. There's no option. Well, even so, um, your spirit will, your spirit wants to do right, but your flesh will say, I don't want to do that. You take, you, you talk to your flesh. You talk to it. Um, what about this? The flesh won't want to pray. The flesh won't want to sit down and read the Bible. The flesh wants to go hang out with his friends. Yeah. Um, I, I love the story of one pastor 
he told about a young evangelist that he had invited in to come and preach in his church one time. And this, this man, he was a young man. I mean, he was like 19 or 20. And uh, he had just started an evangelistic ministry. And this pastor said, I want to be a blessing to him and a, and a help to him. I want to give him a place to preach. So he came and he did a good job preaching, you know. And the pastor really loved the young man. And uh, because this young, young evangelist was about the age of some of the teenagers, you know, in this pastor's church. So the teenagers would come up to this evangelist and say, hey, you want to go fishing? And uh, this evangelist said, yeah, let's go fishing. And so the pastor let him do it a time or two, but he realized he was staying out all day mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and wasn't coming in and getting ready for his service as he ought yeah. because he's young. Right. You know, he's young and he hadn't trained his flesh yet. So the pastor let, gave him the opportunity to take charge of his own flesh and he didn't. So the pastor... <laughs> went out and he says, I let him fish, a, you know, an hour or two. And then he said, I went out there and he said, now it's time for you to come on in and pray and you get ready for the service tonight. Yeah. Now see, he was parenting him. Yeah. He was training Absolutely. him yes. and that that's appropriate. Yes. But he realized he didn't have his flesh in check yet, right. that his flesh wanted to stay out with the buddies all day yeah. and do something fun and neglect his spiritual duties. Yeah. Well, we all have to deal with that. Yes, we do. But you can get to the place to where you get so full of the Word and hungry of the Word, nothing entices yeah. you like yeah. time in the Word. Amen. 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 So this young, this young, evangelist, young evangelist was letting his body rule him, yeah. you see. And the older pastor was helping him put down his flesh. Thank yes. God for people Absolutely. in your life that remind you, you know, you know, your flesh will look better put down. <laughs> Amen. Now, to be dominated by our spirit, we not only have to do something with our body, but we have to do something with our mind. Now, remember what Jesus said to me about Elisha, that he had to be hard toward his mind and his body. Amen. So what's it mean to pay attention or deal with your mind? It means to renew the mind. Yes. Now, Romans chapter 12, verse one, it says, or this is verse two, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yes. What is renewing of the mind? It means taking on God's way of thinking. Yes. It's a new way of thinking for you. Yes. Um, so we see this, that be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How come sometimes you can see Christians, they get born again, but it, nothing of their life seems to change. They seem to be living the exact same way they were before they were born again. Well, they're invited to have a transformed life. What's that mean? They've not yet learned to think like God and take on God's way of thinking because when they begin to think like the Word tells them to think or teaches them to think, it'll start showing up in their daily life. They'll become doers of the Word and everything around them will change. They won't go to the same place they used to go. They won't hang out with the same people. They won't talk the same way they used to. They won't behave the same way they used to. Amen. Because they're being transformed. How's that happen when you start thinking, taking on God's way of thinking, yeah. thinking like God? Amen. Amen. So to renew the mind means to take on God's way of thinking. The word of God is the thoughts of God. God offers us his word. He's offering us his thoughts. Right. Take them. It's not, it's not a sound mind that says, no, I think I'll stick to my own human failing thoughts. <laughs> no, we take God's thoughts. Yeah. It's, it's his wisdom. Amen. Amen. 
So we take on God's way of thinking and we set aside our own way of thinking yes. when we see that it's not in opposite, when it's in opposition to how God directs us. Amen. Amen. The word is to govern us in our thought life. So that means before we do something, we say, what's the word say about this? Before we say something, what's the word say about this? Before we engage in this conversation, what's the word say about this? Amen. It's not enough to know what he says. We have to do what he shows us. We have to be doers of the word, not just appreciating that he said it. Right. Amen. It's not enough to know what he says and know how he thinks. We must do what he says. Amen. Our minds are not renewed because we know what God says. Our minds are not renewed because we can quote scripture. Our minds are not renewed because we memorize scripture. Our minds are not renewed until we're doing that word in our everyday life. So don't think a renewed mind is one who knows what God says. A renewed mind is one who's doing the word, doing the word. Amen. And that's a daily job. It's our, it's our lifelong profession. We never arrive at the point where where we're not needing to renew our mind. Now think about it. Um, Paul called it in Romans 12, verse two, the renewing of the mind. David in the, in the book of Psalm chapter 23, he called it that God will restore our soul. That's the same thing. John called it in John uh, chapter one, verse two. He said, beloved, I wish above all things thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. So John calls the renewing of the mind, the prospering of the soul. They're all saying the same thing. Restoring the soul, renewing the mind, the prospering of the soul is all the same thing. Renewing the mind. What's it mean? Think like God. Think like God. And this is what we could know that if you'll think like God, it'll transform your life. That's what Paul's saying. Be not, be ye not, don't be conformed, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind or by thinking like God. Then John Beloved, I wish above all things thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thou so as thy soul prospers, as thy think like as you think like God. Amen. Amen. Um, if we're not in health or prospering as we ought, something needs to change in the thought life. Yes. Amen. It's connected to how we think. Yes. And when we think right, we'll believe right. That's right. Our thinking directs our believing. And our believing determines what we receive. Right. Amen. Amen. Then David, he says that God restores our soul. How does he restore our soul? He gives us his word to show us how to think right. Mm-hmm. That's how he restores our soul. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So uh, as we renew our minds with the word, we keep the door closed to the enemy. Yeah. As we yeah. think like God, right. the devil can't get in. Devil can't get in. It's only when we don't think like God that the devil can get in. What's that? It's called wrong thinking. Right thinking is thinking like God. Wrong thinking is opening the door to the devil. The mind is Satan's battleground. The devil can only gain entrance through wrong thinking. He never can get in when someone thinks right. That's right. Never. He cannot get in. He cannot get in when you think right. It's impossible because he can only get in through wrong thinking. How come the devil cannot get into, into heaven and trouble it? Because heaven thinks right. There's no access to the enemy. No access. He's got no place. 
And Jesus said, Satan came, but he found no place in me. What's yes. that mean? There was no wrong thinking in me that opened the door to him. Jesus had to learn to think right, and he did. Yes. Amen. Amen. So uh, Satan will suggest something to our thought life and even try to bombard the mind, yes. trying to yeah. break down right thinking. Because yes. he thinks that the more you hear it, the right. more it's yeah. right. right. Yeah. I don't care how many times he repeats yeah. it. Whatever comes out of Satan is still wrong. Still wrong. I don't care how many times he threatens yeah. you. Yeah. I don't care how many times he threatens you, you're going to die early. Yeah. I don't care how many times he threatens you, your family's going to yeah. fall apart. Or yeah. You're going to lose your home. or You're going to lose your business. Repetition doesn't make it true. Amen. And uh, you have to recognize, really, the skill of faith is recognizing yeah. wrong thinking. Yes. Yes. That's the skill of faith. That's wrong thinking. I'm not taking it. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever recognized this, but I've recognized this. <laughs> and that is this. With every attack also comes an attack on the mind. Yes. Whether it's a financial attack whether it's a physical attack, whether it's an attack on your marriage, on your business, on your home, on your children, there always comes an attack coupled with that, an attack on the mind. Yeah. Why? Because the devil's got to get you thinking wrong for that other attack to even work. Right. If you think right, the attack on the finances won't work. Right. If you think right, the attack on the body won't work. Right. If you think right, the attack on your business won't work. Yeah. So the devil's got to attack the mind anytime he goes to attack any other arena because he's got to get you thinking wrong so that an attack in another area will work. So what's this mean? If you are, if you are skillful in the thought life, your losing days are over. Your being pushed around is over. No other attack will work when you think right. I'm just telling you, that's the biggest need in the life of the Christian yes. is to think right. Yes. Take on God's way of thinking. Yes. Recognize any thought that's not like God. Amen. Amen. Well, we've been teaching out of my book called The Price of the Double Portion Anointing. It'll be a blessing to you because it really applies to every believer. The term double portion doesn't apply to every believer, double portion anointing, but the, the flow of what is taught here, the truth that is taught here will benefit every believer in a, in a, in a, in a grand way to get hold of it. So you can order your copy at JesusTheHealer.org. Go to JesusTheHealer.org and you can purchase your copy there and we'll get it right out to you. You know, today we're able to come to you for one reason, and that is because of the generosity of Kenneth Copeland and Kenneth Copeland Ministries. The partners of Kenneth Copeland Ministries, they pay for all the airtime of Jesus the Healer broadcast and every programmer you see on this channel. It's a remarkable seed that Brother Copeland and his ministry sows into us. And so we ask you, if this program is a blessing to you, pray about becoming a partner with Kenneth Copeland Ministries. And if you're not already a partner, go to kcm.org and you can sign up to be a partner there. And until next time, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. In this book, The Price of the Double Portion Anointing, Nancy Dufresne gives clarity on how we are to walk successfully in this era. It instructs those in the ministry, but also brings instruction to every believer in helping them to fulfill the will of God for their lives. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. 
come join us for our Jesus the Healer Crusade in Fresno, California at Elite Event Venue, located at 4105 West Fig Garden Drive, Fresno, California, 93722. The dates are March 25th through the 29th. For more information and to register, visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org. Come expecting miracles. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.